You are listening to the Photo Bomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. <laughs> Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Well, hello there, Boo Ray. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you this week? Um, um, little stressed, but good. You know, it's been a, my dad's birthday's coming up, and I'm trying to coordinate that with my family. I was sort of designated as the, the birthday planner. My dad's 75th. 75th birthday. My yeah. father, I think, uh, gosh, how bad is this? I think 80. Yeah, my father was 80 wow. uh, on Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, it makes you old. Yeah. Although you are. 18 or so years older than me. Oh, my God. Am I really that much but older But our dads are only five years apart. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Well, my, fa- I was, my dad was probably 24, 26 when I was born. Yeah, my dad was 41. When well, I was there you go. So um, that not being the most interesting thing that happened to me. But So if you ever have to be the person in the middle of a family trying to like plan an event, you know, there is no, um, what's the word, shittier job <laughs> than being the one in the middle when in, in a world in a world in a world in a world where every single person has a device in their pocket that can instantly communicate they somehow one person gets designated to be like the sounding like the the cork board the human cork board for messages back and forth you know i have a very low tolerance for people who have not embraced the information revolution. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- it's very easy to simply say, hey, this thing's happening Saturday at 11. Okay. That's it. We're, that's all we yeah, need to do. It's two texts. You don't need to call me and check in with me and ask me questions about it. Back and it's, forth. It's no, it's quick. It's done. Two Mo- text messages. Moving on. Yeah. So um, that's coming up. Um, it's exciting. Dad's turning 75. And so his older brother, who's almost 90, is uh, coming, and, and uh, a lot of family got family coming from New York, and so it's going to be a cool thing, but it is stressful to sort of negotiate, because then it's like, oh, well, we're going to do it on this day, and then some key person is like, oh, I can't do it that day, and then you got to move it, and then some other person can't do it that right. day, and so you got to go, you basically have to figure out, okay, out of all these people that are coming, who is the most reasonable person, <laughs> and, I, and so I will inconvenience the most reasonable person, so because they're the one that will be flexible to accommodate all the unreasonable people. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. And and yeah, so, um, gotcha. not that everybody's being unreasonable, but like, it's like, if, if it's on a weekend, we can do it. And this person can't do it on a weekend and this, you know, so it's, and then it's like, I book it at one restaurant and then my dad of all people, who's like the easiest going guy in the world was like, no, I want to do it at this restaurant. I'm like, and I call and it's like this crab shack that seats like five people. I'm like, dad, there'll be 30 people there. How do we fit everybody in the crab shack? You know? God damn it. I'm 75 years old. I want to go to the crab shack. I want crab. I want to go to the crab shack. When I was your age, we didn't have hot chocolate. Whippers nappers, they didn't even have crabs we just when had I was your hot. age. <laughs> we didn't even have crabs. Oh, we boy. had to kill the dog and make him look like a crab. Oh, Jesus. Uh, anyway, so that's, that's my week. Uh, but my sister's coming over from England to visit we're gonna have a great time ah, yeah, I'm old old forward to, yeah mary old england my home turf here's the thing what is the thing uh you know talking about inconvenient the person who's going to be inconvenienced and, and yeah and, okay this goes this has been my whole life i've had this thing but especially now okay and i was in a it's not a, okay meetings mm. for the most part mm. 
not really that necessary. And not super productive most of the time. No, really not productive right. and not necessary. And yet we can't get away from them. And, but you know, you're in a group and there's going to be, there, we're, and we're going to have, we're going to, we, we have to have a meeting for this committee and we have to have a meeting for this board and we have to have a meeting for this. And I'm like, no, we don't. Just tell me what you want me to do and I will get it done. I don't need to talk about there it. There are certain hour. cases when a dictatorship is so much more yes. effective. <laughs> yes. But what about synergy? And what, I don't even know what synergy and means. And branding and putting a pin in stuff and circling back. Synergy, that's a stripper down at Doll's house, the dollhouse. <laughs> how do, you, I love how do you have synergy without a meeting? How do you circle back? It's not back? synergy. You have the meeting and you get together and someone says, we should do this. And then everyone else says, we should do that. And then they talk about it for 20 minutes and, and then never gets done. And some asshole goes, but what if we and did this? never gets done. Nothing happens. It never gets done. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, no. I mean, when last year when we had to redesign the website for the Tampa Area Professional Photographer Association, they said, we should have a committee on the website design, and uh, we're going to, Bure, you should be chairman of the committee. And I said, no, no committee. I'll just do the whole website myself. Okay? And it got done. And it got done in like a week. A week later, I was done. Yep. If we had a committee... That website would not be done today. That website, that website would still be in committee. Right. Yep. And I'm just like, no, no. Life is too short for constant to build the horse by uh, horse by committee. You know that old joke, right? What's a camel? It's a horse built by committee. <laughs> you never heard that before. No, a camel is a horse built by committee. No, I've done. We've done for our like local group, our PPA affiliate group in Orlando, where we meet every month. You know, similar right. to Tapa. You know, and we had. I remember several years ago, we had like a logo redesign. We needed to rebrand the group. And we had a freaking the board and the committee to like do it, and everything was like, "Well, are we sure about that shade of blue?" I'm like, no, God damn it! <laughs> oh my God. Like it's just you know, we're seriously like just everybody calm down. What if it's just a logo? What if it's calm down? Like every look, it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. My thing is, I'm like, I tell you what, let me do it, and I'll do it. If you don't like it, then you can get someone else to do it. Yep. It's still going to be more efficient having some yes. individual do it three different times than having yeah. a committee do it once. Yeah. Because I the thing all. about when you get a project into a group of people, there's a certain type of personality. Like some people can be a part of a group, like a board or a committee, and they can sit and they can just let somebody else have a good idea and let that good idea just be done. But there's a certain personality they just have to like. Lick their finger and touch the idea. They just have to fucking touch it just so that they got their dirty little grubby ass fingerprint they, their on Their life is not complete unless they've got their fingerprint. That's fingers why shit takes so pie. long because you're yeah. like, you know, I think it'd be a really good idea. Let's go ahead. Uh, we got the banquet coming up and our award ceremony, and, and uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do chicken and fish for dinner. And then somebody's going to go, well, um, you know, um, <laughs> we really should add a gluten free option on the yes, menu. And you're yes. like, shut the fuck up! and that's me when i go to the meetings i think people think that when i'm in a meeting that i'm i'm i don't know they might think i'm rude which is entirely possible but i'll be on my phone a lot but the reason i'm on my phone is because it keeps me from talking because i don't want to be that guy if it's your job to be in charge of the refreshments then i don't need to chime in on that you can take care of the refreshments and i'm just i don't but, but i will if i get bored then I'll just start talking, you know, yep. as we know I will do. So I will try to make, I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm, I'm listening to what's happening, but I'm only going to break away from this game of bur- angry birds if I hear something that I think is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't need to get involved. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, as, and we'll get out of here by 8.30. Yeah, it's like, wait, you're going to what? No, 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 no. We, we cannot ban Hispanic people from our meetings, yeah, you guys. Right. That's a bad, step up, bad idea. And I'll say something. <laughs> but otherwise, you know, I don't want to have to do your job. We're not I'm changing the name of the group to the Redskins. We cannot be the Redskins. Yeah. That's not a good idea. No, absolutely not. 
Then I'll step up, but most of the time I try to be quiet. And a lot of times, and people who know me, who then get involved with groups with me, will say, what's wrong with Boo Ray? Because he's not talking. And I'm like, I want to go home. That's why I'm not talking. <laughs> it saves a lot of time. Yeah. Because it becomes in a situation where you've got a table full of people making decisions. It almost becomes a thing where every single person has to have a turn to talk yeah. on each issue when that's not the case. No. 90% of them are like, yeah, I agree with that because this is how it relates to me personally. Yeah. And you just go... Everybody just shut up. And let me tell you, I'm as guilty of that as anybody. That's why I recognize it, and now I try not to Everybody talk at all. Everybody does. It's the human Because condition. if you let me, I will talk about everything. You want to lick your grubby and you finger want, you and want to stick it on the idea there. just so you can say that you were a part of it. And that's, you know, sometimes that's a difference between PPA and WPPI. And it's a not-for-profit that's run by boards and committees versus a for-profit organization. And and um, there's definitely great stuff about both, and I'm not being disparaging in any right. way, but this is just the reality of how stuff works. It's like, if PPA wants to get something done, like they want to change something about a rule in the competition, then Jerry and Melissa Gionis talk to like Jason Group and whoever the heck over there, and they go, yeah, let's do this. Okay, it's done. done. And then at PPA, it's like, well, we need to form an action team <laughs> so that they can make a list of recommendations, and then they got to send that to the print exhibition committee, and then uh, the print exhibition committee will vote on it and then send it to the board, and then yeah. at the next board meeting in four months, the board, you know, and so it's like, sometimes you just want to go, will somebody come in here and just do this? Yeah, just do it, and then we'll see if it works, great, and if it doesn't, then we'll change it. Right. And That's so, me. I, 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 I like to get things done. Right. But the benefit of the other system is, is that more ideas come into play. And think, when things happen slowly, when, when, I, when things change slower, um, it can be a positive because the organization tends to be more reliable and it tends to not you know, ch- change back it's and consistent. forth. consistent. Yeah. be more consistent. So there's like plus and minuses, but the frustration of being in a room where a bunch of people are just talking for no reason. And I have this thought very often when I'm in like a meeting of any kind, even if it's with a client or something, and I go, man, um, what would happen if I just kicked that window, kicked a hole in that window and just <laughs> fell on it with my neck and just bled out in front of everybody? Like, what would happen? Like, how would everybody react? Would they keep yeah. it going? Would they have yeah. to vote to end the meeting yeah. <laughs> before they called the ambulance? Like, no, 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 there's a motion on the floor. We cannot provide medical assistance until somebody motions to adjourn. We are using yes. Robert's Rules of oh, Order. Oh, don't get me started on Robert's Rules of Order. <laughs> don't get me started on the Robert's Rules of Order. I understand why they're there. We got to do everything on the up and up and everything. But, oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. let's just get it done. Let's just move. Let's get it. Go, 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 go. <laughs> and, you know, I don't understand how uh, organizations like this survive at all, really. It's amazing that we do as well as we do. When you're talking about a room full of people, all of whom are independent business people who are in complete command of their boat. Right. And now they're asked to come into a, a boat where everybody's got a hand on the wheel. Well, the cool thing is um, about it is you get so many ideas involved and that you get so many different perspectives and everybody will kind of get a say. And so there, there's some definitely cool advantages to it, but it does get a little bit like, oh, my God, can we just... And this reflects back to your business, too. We'll bring it back around and make it into something about photography. And that is that there's something to be said in your business for saying to someone, this is your responsibility or this is your task, and then leaving them alone to do it. Mm. You know, don't try to micromanage. Don't try to all the time. It, it, it'll drive you crazy. But you, you don't have what? to control everything. You don't have to have your grubby finger touching you your idea. Lick your damn fat <laughs> grubby finger and touch my idea. Your fingers are getting worse every time. <laughs> you disgusting pussy leprous oh, finger. Oh, don't say, don't say the p word. <laughs> no, the, there are people who literally, <laughs> literally right now are throwing up in their own mouths because you said that word. And that is probably the worst word you can say. No, there's worse. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, moist is bad, but it's not as bad as the P word. I won't even say it. So oh, here's the reason why committees and, and boards and things like that work and action teams and all that part is because what it does is when you have a membership-based organization, it engages a larger number of members. It helps retention. And basically, people care more about something when they get to have take ownership of part of it. Right. And so with all the committees and stuff at a group like the Red Cross or PPA or any nonprofit organization – the more people that are on committees volunteering and uh, on you know on the different things and like those people are engaged they're likely to continue working and they're likely to be there and it increases the engaged membership the core of the organization so like i get it it's all awesome but at the same time it's like would you stop talking about should we use 66666 for that gray or 99999 for that gray cuz i'm going to jab my eye out with a pen and bleed on your face but you know that's the breaks. What are you going to do? I, it, it drives me nuts. So what else is going on? Uh, oh, did you see the thing on 60 Minutes a couple of minutes ago, a couple of weeks ago? No, I don't watch 60 Minutes because I'm not 100 years old. Listen, it's still a good show. <laughs> it's not what it was in its, in its prime, but it, it still has good stories. For example, uh, they had a photographer on there, Danny Clinch, and Danny has been uh, taking pictures of rock stars for like 50 years. Uh. And, um, like, you know, he's pulling out drawers of, of prints shot on film of Bob Dylan in 1965. Cool. And, you know, stuff like that. It's just awesome in stuff. In 50 years of rock and roll, he must have just yeah. seen everybody. And when he, well, like Bruce Springsteen concerts, um, he's on stage. He works behind the amplifier. So he takes the picture where you see Bruce and a sea crowd. of people. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's the guy who takes that picture. That's awesome. Because he's the, one of the few photographers that people trust to let him be on stage. Uh, he told a great story about being on stage and shooting Madonna uh, with film and, and, and thinking, wow, I, I feel like I've shot 100 pictures and yet I haven't emptied the roll out yet. And he was halfway through the concert and he checked and he hadn't put any film in his camera. <laughs> Which is wonderful because, you know, you have those moments in your own life. You think, oh my God. And you realize, here's a guy who is like big a, time. Like a virgin photographer? Yeah, like a bird. You see what it did there? Oh, he forgot his material. Oh, uh, <clears throat> she was about to take a bow <laughs> when it happened. I honestly think we could do better. You know, it's important though when you're shooting Madonna on stage to catch her in the right ray of light. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I just thought of it right as you said it. <laughs> right now, right now you're laughing, but in your head you're thinking Madonna songs, Madonna songs. What are the Madonna songs? You know, because like, you know though when you're working a concert like that though, you're going to get going, and eventually you're going to get into a groove. You know, it's important, Bure, that you don't preach. <laughs> So you got to use the whole title. Papa don't you got to put Papa in there. You can't just use words. I really wanted to get Lucky Star in there because that's the best Madonna oh, Lucky song. Star. Well, listen, I think, I think, uh, listen, I think we, we're starting to go over the borderline. <laughs> and I think we should stop this right now. Oh. You don't want to play this game with me. You know, you're right. First of all, I'm old enough to have been playing Madonna on the radio when she came out. So yes. I remember everything. Whereas to you, it's like that old woman Madonna. Yeah, she's more like a beautiful stranger to me. Ah, beautiful stranger. <laughs> oh, now that's, you know, oh, who is that girl? Yeah. The beautiful what? stranger. What? Who's that girl is a song oh, by Madonna. Yeah. Who's that girl? No, but Beautiful Stranger, that's a good one. That, that was wasn't the like Austin a huge Powers soundtrack. That wasn't like a huge uh, huge hit for her that you would pull yeah. out Beautiful Stranger. Right now somebody is going, I can't believe they didn't they haven't mentioned Yeah, exactly. You know, True Blue. Well, you can always die another day. <laughs> Did she do die another day? Yes. Die oh, good. Another day. That's good. That's good. All right. <laughs> uh, so I had a point. Oh, my point is Danny Clinch. Okay. So now I'm going to say something that's going to make me come off, but you know, this is what's fun. A lot of his pictures are out of focus. 
We're both still trying to think of Madonna songs. No, I'm not. A lot of his pictures are out of focus. And I get the artistic side of out of focus, you know? But I always have to question when I see that, is it out of focus because there was the intent when you took it to be out of focus? Or is it, well, I took the picture and now it's out of focus, but that looks kind of cool. And at what point does it stop being artistry and start being just, well, I got a lucky picture? Is it something like you, you're on there, you're live, and you're just into the groove? I already did the end of the groove reference. Oh, well. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Gary's... Li- <laughs> The whole time I was talking, let me just paint a picture. The whole time I was talking, Gary was on the laptop looking up Madonna's song title. And then was sitting back in his chair trying to come up with a good way to say it. Not listening to any word I was just saying about about Danny Clint. Stop stop looking at the song titles. (laughs) Seriously. At what point does it stop being artistry? And does it start being, I shot a thousand pictures and this one's good. At what point does it, when it's out of focus, it's cool because it's a little blurry. Because it shows the boat. Yeah, but were you trying for that? Or just, I think Especially if you're a wedding photographer, there's so many times I've like taken in image in an action shot and I'm looking through it and I go past it on the first run through not thinking anything about it and I go wait a minute if I go back and look at that and I kind of crop it this way and turn it black and white it'd be pretty cool right totally no intent there but then when people say oh I love that picture is there is there a part of you that's like uh well there's the blind squirrel theory where yeah <laughs> even a blind squirrel finds an acorn but I'm sure that if as much as he probably did it you know, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not in any way saying that he's not a fantastic photographer. A fantastic. I don't want to. You heard it here first. Bure hates Danny I do. Clinch. I, and I, I mean, he's die. fantastic. He's fantastic. What he does, he's better than I would ever be at it. Certainly, but seeing the images again made me question the whole. You know, I always wonder about it because when I see an out of focus image, I think. Is that out of focus on purpose? Because if it's not, doesn't it take away a little bit of the credit? We, li- we live in the portrait and wedding world where, you know, sharpness is pretty important, you know. And also, now that we're in the digital age, um, you know, like they, say, they, they showed, like, oh, like this great picture of, of uh, Bruce Springsteen kind of crowd surfing. He fell back in the crowd. It's kind of a wide shot. It's a little blurry. All right. And I was like, I'm pretty sure if I had been standing there on stage, I would have shot that same picture. Was it film, though? No. No, that's what I'm saying. It's digital. So it's ta da 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 Who would have missed that shot? Now, now, there are people who would have missed the shot because you and I have trained them. And, yeah, <laughs> right? and there I are think they've who, all worked for me. Yeah, actually. and there are people who have missed the shot. But you get to a certain level, and you're going to be on the, on the action, and you're going to know what your shutter speed and your aperture are, and you're going to fire away. You're going to change the AI servo mode. And, and there's no flash. <laughs> like you you know, so it's just, you know, it's all natural light. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, bam, 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 bam. It's a little blurry. Well, it's natural light or whatever. How hard is that? I'm not Danny. You're a van- I know he listens to the podcast. You're a fantastic <laughs> photographer, Danny. Don't take it hard. Danny Bure is very I think, critical, but I, but I think you know because. But what I found interesting was he's also like he's the guy for the last eighteen years. He takes the pictures at the Grammys. After you win your Grammy, you go see him. He's got a uh, he's got a whole setup there and lights and everything, and he shoots you with your Grammy. And he said he doesn't like doing that. He likes doing natural light stuff photojournalistic stuff and i thought well don't we all it's the easiest stuff to do isn't it yeah you don't have to carry as much shit i mean you don't have to set up lights you don't i mean i mean am i wrong isn't it the easiest stuff to do um, I don't know if I want to step in that pile that's of what, shit. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm willing to. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm asking. You it's know? definitely less complicated most of the time, but at the same time, there are photographers who shoot all available light, and I'm just looking at, and I look. At I'm their not work saying I'm go. not saying they're not good at what they do, but okay, at a wedding, what's easier? 
the off-camera portraits of the bride and the groom in front of the hotel and all that stuff you have to do you know, during, the, during that 30 minutes you have with them. Or the natural light stuff you shoot the bride while she's putting her dress on. Um, probably the ease a little easier, but at the same time, you know, like knowing the right angle, know where the light yeah, is. Yeah, there, 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 there's certainly artistry there, but still, yeah, not as I would say. It's the degree of difficulty is, is most of the time higher when you're bringing lighting and posing and and those. Right. Sort I mean, of I mean, that. I know right now there are some people who shoot concerts who are pissed off because they they think that I'm saying that shooting concerts is easy. No, it's hard, and to I'm be not good saying at that at all. I photographed some big bands, um, and I've had the opportunity because we get a lot of music in Orlando to shoot some really good get to get press credentials for some big shows. And um, and it's hard to do it really, really well. I wonder if what it is really is that when you get good at this job, and th- that's a stretch for me to say that I'm good at this job, but when you get to where you can do the job and you understand photography and, you, and, and, and you're confident in your ability in just about any given situation to understand how to set up your camera to get the shot or at least the best shot that can be gotten in that situation, you start to set a really much higher standard for that's a fantastic shot. For me, if I look at a picture... It's rare that I will go, wow, that's a fantastic shot. If I also think immediately, I could have shot that. You know, because it's like you are the bar of. I'm like, the bar. You are the slightly above average photographer who's like, if you can't make a better image than me, then right. I'm not impressed by you. Exactly. And, 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 and I wonder if that, if that holds true, though. That the most impressive stuff. The better you is, are, the less impressed you are. When I see an image and I, my, my thought is immediately. Can we go back to the slightly above average comment that you just laid out? <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to get back to that. Let me finish my sentence first. All right. When I see an image, the thing that always takes me back is when take you know I get taken aback by an image is when it's something that my, the first thought that pops in my head is how do they do that? Yeah, that right, right. That's what I want to see. Right. And with photojournalism, like. The concerts and stuff, you, that's never the case. I mean, how did they do that? Well, he put the camera on there, he slowed the shutter speed as slow as he could, and fired off shots, and hopefully waited for you to pause so he could get no motion blur. That's <laughs> it's what you do. And you he, fire off 2,000 frames, and you're going to get a couple. Wide lens. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, when it's, when it's nonstop, when you can fire off, nowadays, when you can fire off 2,000 frames, you're going to get something. Yeah. How can you not get something? Now, when it's got 36 frames for the whole concert, that's a different story. Yeah, I, I think about the film days where stuff like that would be absolutely unbelievable to try and shoot an event like that can you imagine how many rolls of film he must go through in a concert ba- well I, I, I would think maybe five six probably back in the day yeah but now that you shoot digitally you take like two thousand yeah, pictures, pictures. A bruce springsteen concert yeah six absolutely. frames a second yep, yep yep not again his work is fantastic but i just i i the stuff i was I, i'm more impressed by the pictures he takes of the grammy winners where he controls the lighting and he controls the backup and backdrop and he controls the posing. When you, the more things you have to control as a photographer, the more you're going to impress me with your skill. Oh, who's the guy who does uh, the was doing those uh, portraits at the Oscars? I'm trying to look up that guy's name. Um, he did some, you know, he's like at the after party at the Vanity Fair after party yeah. or whatever. There's that photography and he does those really killer portraits. Hold on, I'm looking that up right now. All right, go ahead and fill some space. Talk amongst yourself. Yeah, talk talk amongst yourselves. I feel like a prayer. <laughs> I, I need a holiday. <laughs> uh, that's not even good. Mine was bad, but that's even worse. Yeah, just well, tacking on. At this point, we're just naming Madonna's song. <laughs> yeah, just naming Madonna's The Immaculate Conception. Yeah. No, do you know what I'm talking about? There's a guy that, like, at the after party, and he, he's got this amazing setup and does all these really cool portraits. Right. And uh, and I'm looking that up on the on the Google machine here. Hold on. So, hey, you want to talk about how I did in the uh, Southeastern Professional Photographer Association competition? I don't think we have enough time to listen to you cry. But I'm not going to cry. But I am going to point out that I had one image 
married, and it was not an image of a wedding. Was it the football one? <laughs> it was. It was the football image. Yeah, the one I, the one, the the, the, the and, and 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 a perfect example of what I was just talking about. Okay, people say that is a great image, and I say I was standing in the end zone at the Outback Bowl taking pictures for fun. This play happened on the sideline. They ran right at me. I picked up, I pointed my camera at them, and I pushed the trigger and let it rock. And then when I got home, and they collapsed right at my feet. And when I got home, I looked, and I was like, oh, that's a good image. And people go, that's a fantastic image. And I'm like, yeah, but there isn't a photographer who was on the sidelines who wouldn't have gotten the same image had they been standing where I was standing. Right. Not to belittle sports photographers. No, there's definitely some, a lot of skill into it. And there's, you have to learn the game in anticipation. Absolutely. And, absolutely. Yeah. But, but again, I, you know, but, do, but don't you know photographers who love nothing more than to, than, to, than to take the praise and the glory for a picture that you're like, you didn't really have to put much thought into that. Yeah, there were 17 guys standing right next to you with the yeah. same lens, and you all got the same yeah. damn picture. Well, you know me, like my famous, you know, hey, I, I look at this fantastic picture I took of a gorilla at the zoo. <laughs> or I took a gorilla in the wild, I mean, at the zoo. I mean, in the wild. Yeah, at the yeah. zoo. How hard is it to take a picture of a gorilla I don't at the think zoo? degree of difficulty matters as much as the image. You know what I mean? I, I think you I may think be... And that's the difference between you and me, because I think it's all about degree But you of competed in... Yeah, because you're a wedding photographer. Right. And wedding photographers are all hung up on degree of difficulty, whereas well, yeah. degree of difficulty is all about experience. How hard was it for you? Well, that was not that hard for you. It would have been really hard for somebody who's less experienced. Well, that's the case with everything, though. It's much harder for somebody who just put on a pair of skates to do a triple axle than somebody who's been wearing it for years, but still, the degree of difficulty of a triple axle is considered in competition. Yeah, it isn't. It is in ice skating. Oh, in ice skating, just not, but in, not in photography. It's art. It's subjective. I'm sorry you didn't do as well as you wanted. But oh, here's well, a good I thing. I wasn't surprised. You get a you get a shot. You get your images evaluated at the district competition. And for those listening, a district competition is basically PPA has the international print competition every year. It's usually around August. And um, leading up to that, the different districts in Northeast, the Southeast, Southwest of the United States have district competitions. It's sort of like a qualifier, you know. And um, if you don't do great, you can always, like, you get feedback, you get on your images, and then you can reevaluate and then submit a totally different set of images or change the things in the images or whatever. And so it's a cool opportunity. And I, for one, have only ever merited one image at the Southeast competition because it's, I find it to be difficult for some reason. I don't do really well. Well, the good news is it's a 100-point scale, and I was only off by one point. So I just have to figure out where the one point is out of the 100 points that they judge. If I can figure out where the one point is that kept me from meriting, then I can merit in national. <laughs> Because I was only off by one point. I can't have a conversation with you about this. <laughs> All right, so I found out this... Uh, one point. We're talking about the, uh, the Oscars, which was... Out you of know, 100 points, Gary. I know Leonardo DiCaprio is a fan of the show, um, and so I know he listens. So congratulations uh, on we your... We call him Leo. Uh, oh, by the way, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the Oscars three weeks three ago... Three weeks ago. What do you... That's not a spoiler word. Congratulations on your best actor now, uh, your best actor. By the way, the Broncos Leo. are going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, you ruined it. And the Carolina Panthers will lose. Sorry. All right. So uh, it's uh, Mark Seliger is a guy's name, or Seliger, and he is, and it does this thing. I want to talk about this because this is crazy. He sets this, and I've seen this before, at the uh, Vanity Fair after party. Like, they basically, all the celebrities, they get in these awesome outfits, they look amazing, and then they go to this after party after the Oscars. And so this guy, Mark Seliger, is there with his, like, setup with lights and whatever, and he has basically a lot, he has ba- the world's fanciest photo booth where celebrities and millionaires and billionaires come and he just does portraits of them. 
And so, like, everybody who was there, and if you click through, and I'll post a link on the uh, Facebook page. And so he's basically got a setup. There's a um, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones, and there's a what's-her-face, Ben Affleck's wife, whatever her name is, Jennifer Garner. And, yeah, he does these really killer... Can you imagine, like... Wow. I, Can I you ha- imagine having the access to these people Amy in these clothes? Adams, yeah. Blake, uh, um, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton. Like, here's the thing. I get stressed out at, like, a regular photo booth. Yeah. At, like, a daddy-daughter dance. Can you imagine having, like, all the celebrities from the Oscars, Rachel McAdams and everybody, like, waiting, Mindy Kalin and, uh, oh, what's-her-face there, and, uh... Caitlyn Jenner, whoever else. I don't know, you got all these famous people you only ever see on TV, and it's like they're all waiting in line for you to do their portrait. And you know that this is going to be all over the internet the next day. So now you have to come up with an amazing portrait of this celebrity right on the spot. And also, these are people who are very experienced at having their picture taken. Right, right, yeah. But how do you think you'd do in this situation? Um, of of I shooting think I would- Lady Gaga. I mean, they're excellent. They really are. I think I would do okay. I, I wouldn't do what I wouldn't do what what the pictures that you're showing. I wouldn't do that well. Uh, you know, that, that, see, I have no problem looking at this guy and going, "Yeah, that's incredible work." I wouldn't be able to do that. You know what? Oh, there's to a- me. What's most interesting is 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 you're flipping. Everybody's in a different pose. Everybody's in a different position, and that's the trick: is coming up with something different yeah, for every person. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. relight them, and you know, they're not they're not going to hang around forever. Well, you know what I would do. Is I if, if for some reason, let's say in some fantasy world, I got this same job, I would do, um, I would intentionally do a terrible job, and I would do it so bad that it was good again. So I would take like one of <laughs> yeah, those, that's what I'm going for those here. '80s high that's, school that's, laser that's backgrounds, yeah, '80s high school <laughs> laser backgrounds, and then I would just get you know this awful light, and I would have everybody like sit everybody like a glamour shot and look slightly 90s, off yeah. camera. To, I would just do '80s high school photos for everybody. I'd have like a. The, tw- the big letters 2016 that you could lean on, they'd, you know? They'd be holding the Oscar up like, e. <laughs> That'd <laughs> with, be great. With your, you know, your uh, your band uniform. I'd have a tuba in there. Like, whatever you're into, yeah. But this did a guy did a great job. And I was just thinking, I was looking through these images. Not only are they great, they're great character portraits of each person. They're really well lit and posed. But at the same time, it's like, the stress of that. I think I might actually die in the attempt if I did something like that. Unless I went to, like, do it bad on purpose. Selena Gomez and you know, those people, whoever they are, they're quite good looking, you know. Ah, Stallone. Stallone. It's a shame he didn't win an Oscar. No, it isn't. He's won Oscars before. Well, he won one for writing Rocky. Yeah, and directing it, didn't he? No, he, he directed didn't. He didn't direct it. They won Best Picture. Yeah, but he didn't direct it. Yeah, he did. No, Stallone did not direct Rocky. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He didn't? You want to put a little money on this? All right, five bucks. Dude. He, Stallone wrote the script for Rocky, and then he was offered $250,000 for it. He said, I'll only sell it if I can star in it, and they said no. And he said, then I'm not going to sell it, despite the fact that he was poor at the time. Uh, he held out. John Alveston directed That's right. Rocky. He held out, and eventually he got it made with him starring in it. Well, He wrote the script for Rocky, but he didn't. He didn't uh, do you think he he's auditioning for this, or he's going to this movie like, hey, uh, yo, I want to star in this movie. It's like, what's wrong Sorry, with your what, what, what's, what's, what's wrong with your mouth? Wrong with, no, no, man, I got a great script. I want you to read it. <laughs> is it Can who, you read it? Who are you impersonating? No, I'm not impersonating anybody. It's my because face. you look like the elephant man. No. That's like the elephant man. Hey, man, doing. look, I just want to You're talk even about. doing the hands, I like just flippers. Want, I just want to talk about this movie I wrote. <laughs> Will you read the script? Is that Mickey Rourke? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Gary, the script you're doing. <laughs> That's <laughs> not how he talks. But <laughs> he, yeah, but he, he sold it. Hey, people are going to love this part. Where I go, it's real! They're going to love that. They're going to love it. I tell you what was a good movie was the one before this, actually. Rocky Balboa. 
Oh, uh, yeah, the one where they, mm-hmm. he fought the young guy. And yeah, whatever. it was a good movie. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm in. I'm all in. Whatever Rocky movie you want to make forever, I'll watch it. I'll watch it ironically. If it happens to be a good movie like this right. most recent one, I'll watch it. I'll watch every Rocky movie until Stallone dies, and they do CGI Stallone instead years down the road. I'm in. I've totally bought into the franchise. They could give me any piece of crap they want, and, and you'll watch, watch it. it. You know, that's like me and the X-Men. When you watch, um, yeah. when you watch uh, movies now, do you... Find yourself breaking from the story because you're paying attention to the camera angles and the lighting. No, I break from the story because I'm busy on my phone. Okay, but I mean, let's <laughs> say you're not. Do you ever find yourself because I it drives Bobby nuts because we'll be watching a show and the guy will be talking and I mean, you know, I did not kill my husband. You did, and you know you did, and I'll go snap, pause. Look at how many lights are on that guy. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, look, there's a main, there's a fill, there's two kickers, there's a hair light, and I think there may be a chin light. And the the scene is a police interrogation room. I've never seen a police interrogation room so well And have you noticed that the lighting in police precinct houses is the best lighting I've ever seen anywhere now? When you watch shows like Castle and stuff like that, oh my gosh, the lighting is fantastic. Rembrandt lighting with perfect... Oh, it's wonderful. (laughs) Perfect two-to-one ratio. And it's coming from two different directions as a main. You know, when the camera flips from one side to the other, suddenly the light source is not coming from the same direction. You know, speaking of which, you know what won for cinematography was... Uh, uh, the Revenant? The Revenant. Shot in natural light. Available light, right? Available light. That's crazy, and and that, and it was a great-looking film. Yeah, but that, I mean, but that truly is available light ma- mastery, what you saw there. Yeah. This is a guy who had to make it work, and, and, and he had a vision. You know, I want this scene to look like this. And so he used the natural light and made it look like, like here that. we go, guys. We're going to basically live in the woods for the next nine months. And uh, we can only shoot between hours of such and such and such yeah. and such. Well, it's about that. It was about time they gave him. Uh, they gave uh, Leo the Oscar. How much do you? Because think he should have won when he was uh, sixteen for Gilbert Grape. Not true. He. I look. I've done this. I went back and I looked. If you go to Wikipedia, you can look at all of the Oscar nominees and winners forever. And I looked at every time Leo's been nominated for for the best best actor, or and he. Um, was I mean the competition every year? He was yeah, I wasn't saying was he should have won instead of someone. I'm just right. saying if you see his performance in Gilbert Grape, you're like, well, that's just. You can't and go- plus, you know, he didn't go full retard. He went full retard. <laughs> yes, he did. He was. Gilbert- but that's why he didn't win. No, he, he went was- full retard. He went. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you yeah. can't go full retard. Never go full retard. <laughs> Never go full retard. <laughs> Sean Penn, I am Sam. <laughs> can't go full retard. Forrest Gump doesn't Hoffman retard could still count the matchsticks. <laughs> still plays blackjack. <laughs> Got the Oscar. <laughs> I feel like we have a trap. Thunder theme recently. I just watched it the other day, it's and it, it, so it is so it's so good. So, yeah, classic. So good. It's going to go down as one of the classics. It'll be up there with like Animal House and oh, Ghostbusters, so, and so good. One of those classic movies. Mm. Yeah, but uh, I really did appreciate um, the fact that the the Revenant, how it was made, and it, not a lot of movies are made that way. And um, although I did see one recently, speaking of uh, appreciating movies, finally saw Deadpool. Mm. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Of course, I'm a Deadpool fan. But right, yeah. De- I mean, you basically are Deadpool. You're I right. own Deadpool comic books. I'm not afraid. To, I'm not ashamed to say it. You'd be a great, like, yeah. Deadpool's weird uncle in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I was going like, to say, I don't know. have the figure. I can't, I can't pull off the suit. But uh, but Deadpool's cool. Yeah, no, it was... A, um, little, too, a little too over the top uh, in his comic books. A little too... Uh, trying to be funny, where the writers are trying too hard to be funny, but when it's subtle, it's hilarious. What's cool about it is um, they made that movie for $48 million. Which, wow. is, which by today's standards for comic book movie is nothing. Right. And I think it did like $130 million in the opening weekend. It, it was a record for, was it Fox Films? 
Uh, 20th Century Fox, yeah. And a record in the opening weekend higher than Avatar. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, in, the, Ava- opening, in the opening weekend. And Avatar sucked. Oh, <laughs> Unobtainium, really? <laughs> Unobtainium? Come on, Giovanni Rabisi. Let's deliver yeah. that line with a little more gravitas. Yeah, I, had, here. I, had a, I, had, I had a problem with that. I was like, really? You could have spent a few bucks of that $100, $200 million budget on coming up with a name. And here's the other thing they're putting a whole fucking avatar world at, at, uh, at Animal Kingdom at Disney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, you can go there and see the construction. They're building Pandora right there. And guess what? Here's the thing people are like, what the hell movie was that again? Like right. it's one of the highest grossing movies of all time, and nobody remembers anything about it except for Blue Cat people. And I'm pretty sure they had sex at some point, <laughs> but I'm not. He had sex with a Blue Cat lady while inhabiting I, listen, the body I, of another I Blue Cat. I would have. I would have had sex with the Blue Cat lady. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're. Come on. Are you, you having know, a dry spell? I'm, I'm just saying. Who? I mean, you know, w- w- women dressed as cats. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Come on, you know, like when you're in high school and then you go to the high school thing and there's always a couple of girls who decide to come dressed as cats and they got the little ears on, the little black spot on their nose and you're like, hey, Gloria. No. Yeah. Oh, women. Ow, Catwoman. Yes. (laughs) Yes, Gary. I feel like that our sexual preferences are from decades apart. No, that theme is universal. Come on. Catwoman is the hottest woman in DC Comics. Not into reality. Who you want, Wonder Woman or Catwoman? Wonder Woman all day. No, Catwoman. I don't know. I think I might like her to throw me around a little bit. You know, Wonder Woman. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. A Catwoman hooks up with Batman. Wonder Woman hooks up with Superman. We'll talk about your vanilla one-position family right there. I'm going with Batman Here's the and thing. Catwoman who are having sex on a skyscraper while riding a unicorn and wielding the mighty Excalibur. Slowly making love to the Catwoman on a skyscraper. That's right. That's right. I'll take the cat. I slowly take off her vinyl pajamas. This episode has gone so far off the rails. So far off the rails. I honestly think right it's now not- there's someone who is listening to us for the first time going, What the hell is this stupid show? What is this photography podcast? <laughs> really? They're just like, What what is this This stupid is why show? we need an intro bit. But I'm telling you, welcome right to the now. Photobomb Photography Podcast where we talk about photography and nonsense. This most that doesn't nonsense. make it okay. Yeah, it does. that doesn't make it okay. That's like saying, "Hey, come on over. We're going to watch some Netflix, and I'm going to beat you in the head." But I told you it was coming. No, it doesn't make it okay. But here's the thing: this will be my favorite podcast we do for months. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love the ones that have no educational value whatsoever. And they clearly, like, if you look at the metrics on our site, like, no they, one else loves them. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are a couple of self-indulgent assholes. I guarantee you, if you look at our, if you look at if you look at the, at that, the people who listen to every podcast, the one with the lowest number of people listening to is probably top five yep. for you and me. Yep, absolutely. In terms of which ones we like. Except for when Kevin Newsom's on this show, because I always I'm love Kevin Newsom. Newsom. I'm Kevin Newsom. Kevin Newsom. I do love Kevin Newsom. I love Kevin. I do. Kevin is. He's the godfather of Florida. He is the godfather. All right, so uh, I want to mention a couple of things. Before right. we oh, here we go. Today. This is we're now, they're tuning out now, because here we come, <laughs> here we come where we talk about all the stuff we're talking about. No. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Hey, if you want to save 10% on your next equipment rental, go to thelenspal.com and use the code PHOTOBOMB when you check out. Not PHOTOBOMB when you check out, but PHOTOBOMB 
when you check out to save 10%. They ship anywhere in the U.S. They're friends of ours. I've used them. They're excellent. And, uh, and that's our free gift to you for listening to this entire ridiculous episode. Wonderful people. Wonderful people over there. They're just awesome. They're saving babies <laughs> from burning buildings. You know, they just are uh, the best. What else we got coming? We're going to be doing another Photobomb Live. May 10th uh, in, in Tampa at the Tampa Sober Area Prof- this time. <laughs> Soberer. Soberer. <laughs> at the Tampa Area Professional Photographer Association. We will be there. And you know what? It's home turf. Yeah, well, you know, Kevin Newsom. Kevin Newsom. will be there. And uh, we got to figure out who we're going to interview there. There's like four or five or six master photographers. There's so many great people out of that group, yeah. you know, that we could interview that would be on the show. I would prefer to just go and ignore them completely. Yeah. Like, we just do what we did tonight, and we just look at each other. And, not and, even pay- and don't pay attention to the audience at all. <laughs> because when they said they wanted us to come do the podcast, I was like, Why? Why? And, and the reason why is because getting speakers is hard. Yes. So, you know, this is, they're going to just knock out one on the calendar. Look, guys, we can't we can't find anybody to fill so, yeah, this spot. So, yeah, you guys come? Would you just please come and do your dumb shit so we can move on to the uh, next month? Coming up in uh, later this year, this is way too early to talk about it, but later this year, if you are up in the Northeastern Corridor around Boston, I will be heading up to Massachusetts to teach a full one-day seminar on off-camera flash. Woo! We'll have more details about is that. Is that for the PPA of Massachusetts? Uh, yes, it is. That's a great group up there. Is it? Yeah, they're real. I've taught up there a couple years ago. They're fantastic. It oh. is. What time of year are you going? Uh, uh, September, October. Oh, good. That'll be fun. When I thought there was at their regular convention, it was in February. Oh, no. You, yeah, oh, yeah. And you ever been to Plymouth, Mass in February? I've never no. been that cold in my life. No. Oh, my God. Normally in Florida, when it's hot, like your balls sweat, stick to your leg. Up there, they just freeze to your leg. Nice. <laughs> visual. Where would an episode be without that visual? <laughs> Hashtag synergy. <laughs> that was actually that was actually a Madonna song in the eighties. Balls stuck to my leg. Balls stick to my All leg, right. boy. And not about that. Not about does it for the show, does it? Don't forget to uh, oh. check us out on the internet. Shouldn't we just delete this whole episode? <laughs> I think we might. <laughs> All right. Check us out on the web on Facebook. We are uh, there on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Uh, just look for Photobomb Podcast. You can find Gary and I both on Facebook. You can find us on our website, photobombpodcast.com. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't done already. And tell your friends about us, please. And also be sure and go online and give us a good review. Not after this show so much, as, but you know, go back and listen go to one listen of the shows. To ones with like a credible Yeah, like guest. when we had a guest or something like that. Go listen to them and uh, then give us a nice review. And uh, find Gary online at hughesfioretti.com. Yes, sir. Find me online at burayperry.com and that's it. Say goodnight. Good.